Welcome to New Beginnings Fellowship Podcast. Wherever you're listening, we hope you're encouraged by today's message. What's up, guys? How we doing? Hey, I tell you what, man, uh, worship is so much fun today. Um, you guys came to worship, and I'm, I'm just so, so thankful for that, that you guys come in here with an attitude of worship every, every Sunday. And uh, it's good to see all your smiley, smiling faces this morning at 930 I know some of you that come to the 11 o'clock service, you're like, oh man, right? But hey, we're so thankful that you chose to be here this morning. And uh, so as you can see, we're going to do something a little bit different today. And so we're going we're gonna to take a time to reflect and we're going to take a time to pray because we know that there is power in prayer. That's why we put such an emphasis on it on Sunday mornings. That's why we have a time every Sunday morning during our worship service for you to come down and pray. And so we thought, what a better way to end 2023 and start 2024 than to have some quick little challenges, some themes, if you will, and then to spend some time in prayer over those themes. So we're going to talk about four ways to embrace the new year with Jesus, okay? So if you take notes, please do. The stuff will be up on the screens, and we'll get, we'll get going here in just a minute. Um, and I'm going to get us started. But let, you know what? Since we talked about the emphasis on prayer, let's pray, and then we're going to dig into the Word, okay? Let's do it. God, we thank you today that we can be in your house, that we can hear from you, that we can worship you, God, that we can spend some time in reflection, but also anticipation of what you have for us in the new year. And so, God, we just pray this morning that you would move, that you would move, that you would speak through each one of us, and God, that you you would be front and center this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. So as the teaching team met uh, and just kind of talk through what we wanted to do for, for New Year's. Um, we came up with this idea, and uh, I think it's just super, super practical. So we're going to just go through this. And so what, what's going to happen, let me just kind of give you like a little insight. So I'm going to give you a, a quick challenge, and then I'm going to invite you as a family, uh, as friends, as individuals, to just spend some time in prayer um, over this theme, and then Jeremy will go, and then Matt, and then Ryan, uh, and then we'll do communion at the end. So that's kind of kind of be the flow this morning, okay? Um, so let's get started. So four ways to approach the new year with Jesus. Number one, rest. Number one, rest. And what do I mean by that? I think that's there's twofold there. It's a twofold rest. One, we need to rest in our identity in Christ. We may have failed at reaching some goals in 2023, and we just feel like it's been another year wasted. Another just year that's gone by. You know, I didn't lose the weight I wanted to. I had some really difficult times, and I feel like a failure, and I don't feel worthy. I thought I would be way further ahead at this point in my life, financially, spiritually, and on and on. And here's the fact of the matter. The enemy wants to tear us down, tell us that we're nothing, Tell us that we're no good. And if you look at 
social media and society in general, that's, it's who can I be better than, right? Who can I appear better than? Who can I make feel less than me? That's what we've got to, guys. And so we, we listen to the world and we listen to all these voices telling us that we're nothing, that we're not worthy, that we're inadequate, that we don't matter, that we're never going to change, right? <laughs> and despite all those failures, despite all those unchecked boxes, despite all those insecurities, despite all the self-doubt and disappointment, this is what Jesus says to you this morning. Jesus says you are loved. Jesus says you are known. Right? Jesus says you are mine and I am yours. Let me say that again. Jesus says you are loved. You are known. You are mine and I am yours. Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30 says this. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. See, guys, that yoke, if you're not familiar with what a yoke is, it's what they put on cattle to guide them, right? So what Jesus is saying this morning is, take my yoke, let me guide you. It's easy with me. It's easier with me. Not easy, easier with me. Because my yoke is light. It's not a big burden. Let me do it through you. You don't have to do it on your own. So rest this year and in the new year and you're an identity in Christ. Rest in him. And secondly, we just need to physically find time to rest. We are a go, go, go society. How quick can we get there? What else can we do when we get there? We fill up our calendar so full that there's no margin at all. And Jesus says right here, come to me and let me give you rest. So when we find our identity in Christ, we'll find that rest that we long for. So maybe this morning, maybe you're here and you're like, man, <laughs> that's me. I, I've lost my identity. I don't know who I am anymore. I don't know what's next. I'm fearful for the future. I'm fearful for right now, the next minute. And I know for a fact that I am not getting the rest I need. So what I want to do is I want to just take some time, gather with your family, gather with your friends. You can come up to the altar. Jake is going to come out and play on the keys, and we're just going to have a time of prayer. So I challenge you to pray. Jesus, help me to rest in my identity in you. And help me to physically rest in the new year. So let's, let's pray together.
Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you this morning. That we don't have to be heavy laden and burdened by what the world tells us we are. That we don't have to be burdened by disappointment, failures, or mistakes that we've made, God, that we can rest in you, that our identity is in you this morning, Jesus. God, as we finish 2023 and as we enter into 2024, may we continue to know that our identity rests in you. God, help us to just time, find time to physically rest to not rush and just fill up our calendar with things but to have margin in our lives God help us continue to hold your hand as you guide us in 2024 thank you for your rest Jesus it's in your name we pray amen There we go. There we go. Can we give uh, Chad a hand real fast? Encouraging word. This is fun. I like this. Getting to be up here with you guys. This is cool. Um, if you have your Bibles, go ahead and open it up to Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Um, I like this verse. It's not where we're going to start, but it is where we're going to finish. Um, Another intention or theme or way that we can uh, grow closer to Jesus in, in 2024 is to renew. So Chad talked about rest. I get to talk about renew, renewing our commitment to Christ to realign our priorities with his priorities. David, King David, he was a man after God's own heart. He was consistently prioritizing God's will over his own, but there came a point in his life where his priorities got misaligned with God's priorities. And when that happened, he had some serious sin take root in his heart and in his mind and in his actions. And this was his prayer to God when all of that kind of came together. He said, create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a steadfast spirit within me. David recognized that he was not in alignment with God in his will. And that was something he very much desired, was to be in alignment with God. And so David cries out to God and asks him to create in him, to renew in him a steadfast spirit, recognizing that this is a work he cannot do on his own, but it's only something that God can do. David tells us what we're looking for. We're looking for a renewed spirit. And Jesus tells us how we'll get it in Acts 1, verse 8. He gives us this beautiful promise as he tells the disciples, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria to the ends of the earth. David cried out to God, asking him to renew a steadfast spirit within him. In Acts 1.8, Jesus promises the disciples that he'll do that very thing. He says, you will receive. Go ahead and underline that word, receive. 
That is, Jesus has the authority to give them something because of his death and resurrection, his saving work on the cross. He has the authority to give them power. Go ahead and circle that word power. The ability and the authority to crucify the desires of the flesh, to conquer sin in your own life, and to walk in alignment with his will, glorifying God, seeking and saving the lost, building up the kingdom. He empowers you to be able to do those things. When? When they receive the Holy Spirit, when the Holy Spirit comes upon them. Go ahead and circle the the phrase Holy Spirit, the name Holy Spirit. It's not out of their own resources that they have the power and ability, but by God's resources. In John 15, Jesus says, abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. So neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me will bear much fruit for apart from me, you can do nothing. For apart from me, you can do nothing. It's only when they had the Holy Spirit come upon them It's only when God's spirit intertwined with their spirit that they were able to live in a manner worthy of the gospel. And once that had taken place, they were able to bear witness. What does a witness do? A witness sees something and then they testify to what they have seen. When God in his power and his presence came to become a part of their lives. They got a front row seat to God working in and through them. And they had no choice but to testify to the goodness and the glory and the grace of God. They had to bear witness to it. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. By the work of Christ on the cross. God's Holy Spirit is able to come upon us, to dwell in us, and empower us to live God-fearing, Christ-exalting, conquering lives. When His Spirit binds Himself with our spirit, we become a witness to His power and presence at work in our lives. We get a front row seat to Him doing something that we could not do on our own. And then we get to testify to the goodness, the glory, and the grace of God. New Year's is full of resolutions. You might have a resolution to start a good habit or to break a bad habit or to live a life with meaning, to live a life that is glorifying to God and edifying to his kingdom. This cannot happen without a renewed spirit. It cannot happen without his peace and his presence reigning over your heart, your mind, and your soul. What would it look like for our church, the entire church, to renew their spirit in Christ? What would it look like for all of us to renew our commitment to pursuing God, to allowing his resources to become our resources, and to conquering the enemy and the evil one? Revelation 12, 11 says, they conquered the evil one by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony, by the work 
of Jesus on the cross and their witness to it and their testimony to it. My prayer for MBF is that we would receive God's Holy Spirit, that we would receive power from his spirit, that we would witness Christ's presence in our lives and that we would testify to the goodness, the glory and the grace of Jesus. So we're gonna spend some time in prayer. We're gonna reflect on in 2023, do we feel like we had a steadfast spirit? We're gonna answer that question together and we're gonna ask God to renew our heart and our mind and to empower us to live lives worthy of the gospel. Let's pray together. Father, I pray that you create in us a clean heart, that you would renew a steadfast spirit in us. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would come on our church. I pray that you would fill us up with your goodness and your mercy and your kindness and your faithfulness and your gentleness and your self-control, that you would give us the ability to conquer sin in our own lives and that you would empower us to be able to seek and save the lost so that we can build up your kingdom. Lord, this is not something we can do on our own. Jesus, we need you. We're desperate for you. And we depend on you. In Jesus' name, amen. Good morning, church. Give it up for Jeremy, yeah. That was awesome. I mean, in just listening to these guys, I, I feel like I could almost just say, yeah, what they said. Let's pray. But, uh, you know, I, I love this time of year. Uh, this is such a unique time of year. Uh, not only are we looking forward to the things to come in 2024, but oftentimes we um, use this time to reflect. We look back. How did we do? How did things go? And hopefully, if we are using wisdom in our lives, we're identifying what could have went better and what we could have changed to enhance it. And this is a time of reflection. This is a time of reflection for people, for the church, and it's a great time to take inventory of all the incredible things that God has done for you in 2023. 
the blessings he's bestowed upon us, the uh, faithfulness he has shown us. It's an opportunity for us to worship him for his goodness, for his love, for his provision, an opportunity for us to draw closer to him, um, not just for all he's done, but all he's gonna do in anticipation. Uh, And this will simultaneously draw our hearts into a place of uh, the third thing that we can look at as we approach Jesus in a new year, and that is repent. As we reflect on the incredible things that God has blessed us in our lives, we should use those then to draw us closer to him. And in drawing closer to him, in drawing closer to him, we, it pulls us away from the grip of sin, of death, of uh, temptation in our lives. Temptation uh, is something that is always just boiling under the surface. But, re- uh, but repentance is the act of turning away from sin and turning towards the Lord. Let me say that again. Repentance is the act of turning away from sin and turning towards the Lord. I might need to put on my seatbelt. I'm trying to come off this thing and I don't really want to do that. That's against the rules this morning. Um, in our lives, our spiritual lives, think of it this way. It's like, a, it's like a two-way street. We're always moving, always in motion. We're moving in one direction or the other. We're moving towards God and the plans and purposes and design he has for our lives or we're moving away from him. We're succumbing to sin and temptation. We're always moving one direction or the other. Moving towards God or moving away from him, there is no standing still, always movement. Living within the will of God draws us towards him and it draws us away from the bondage of sin. And that's what sin is. Sin is bondage, amen? Keeping us locked away from the type of relationship that we're supposed to have with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And this breaks his heart because Jesus' desire is to set the captives free. Look at what he says in Luke chapter 5. Turn there with me, if you would, please. Luke chapter 5. I believe I was there last week. Uh, Luke chapter 5. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Amen? Listen to what Jesus says. And the Pharisees and the scribes grumbled at his disciples, saying, Why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? You have to understand, at this time, uh, tax collectors weren't the uh, representatives at H&R Block. These were guys that were criminals. The way that they made their money, if they were really successful, that means they were super shady. They were just shaking people down. They were to collect the taxes for the government. And anything they made above and beyond that was theirs to keep. So if they were effective, they were doing some shady dealings. So uh, the... The uh, religious leaders were calling Jesus out for that. And Jesus answered them, look at what he said. Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick, ah, I have come not to call the righteous, but to call sinners to repentance. That's what Jesus was all about. Not to gather up a group of holier than thou's, but he wants to draw people to him away from the grips of sin and death on their lives. He's calling us to a life of repentance. And it's a road. You are either on the road towards Jesus or you're on the road towards sin. And today, I'd like to challenge and invite every single one of you, if you are moving away from God, to plant that heel and do the heel turn of repentance right here, right now, and begin moving towards Him and the calling He has for your life. Amen? So right now, we're going to take a moment. We're going to pray. Uh, We're going to pray for repentance. We're going to pray for that heel turn away from sin in our lives. Amen. So if you would, bow your heads and let's pray. We'll take just a couple minutes and then I'll close this out.
love you. And we pray right now that sin be defeated in Jesus' name. The grip that it has on lives, the grip of sin and, and defeat and addiction, that its power be broken right now in Jesus' name. And people that have been spending their lives running away from the Father, that today they would plant that heel and sprint into the arms of their everlasting Father for eternity. Sin has no power in this place in Jesus' name. We're claiming it, we're receiving it, and we're believing it in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. In true form, let's hear it for Pastor Matt. It's great. I, just, I have to say, I absolutely love serving with this group of guys and, and Pastor Rich and Silas and Dusty on the teaching team. It is it's such a blessing. We're going to go into our last word, our last theme, and that is of remembrance. Now, um, I, want, I want to read this to you. I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your miracles of long ago. I will consider all of your works and meditate on your mighty deeds. That's Psalm 77, 11. I don't think we will find a more recurring theme in the Bible than that of remembrance. We are asked, God asks us, he's, his people, to remember his goodness. Remember his goodness. I, I think about like in the book of Leviticus. There's, there, the book of Leviticus actually even, you know, Leviticus. That I'm talking about the, the fun book of Leviticus, right? But it sets up weekly and yearly patterns of remembrance. One of which is the Sabbath, is what we enjoy every Sunday, is that opportunity to come together and remember how good God is, even when it doesn't feel good. And then there's those yearly rhythms, like the Passover. But we have so many yearly rhythms. We think about just what we just did, Christmas the birth of Jesus Christ, Easter, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We even have Thanksgiving, just this idea of gratitude for all the great things that he has done. And we think of this new year, it's another opportunity, another pattern, another rhythm to say, God, you are good. You are good. I think about in the Old Testament in Joshua chapter four. In Joshua chapter four, they actually make a monument of remembrance members of each tribe they they stack stones there's 12 stones and they are remembering how good God was for getting them through the Jordan River and that's what they would do they would set up monuments of remembrance now in my family my wife is so great at tradition I am so thankful for her but she did this thing where she put these shelves up and they were, we call it the wall of remembrance and it's an opportunity for us to put these little, like little trinkets. You know, this year I might put a little thumb trinket up there because my thumb feels a lot better, right? But she, we, we have like a trinket of a house and, and different little trips that we've taken. But it's for us to remember the great things that he has done. Because what often happens to us, and I'm, I'm sure you can relate right now, is when you're in a storm of sickness, a storm of, of, of like joblessness, a storm... You are so close to that. All you see is the storm. I remember when I was a little boy, how many of you had like one of those TVs that was like in a big wood cabinet and it was kind of rounded? 
raise your hand so I don't feel that old. Okay, thank you. But I remember my parents would always say, Ryan, do not sit too close to the TV. Of course, being me, I did. And I would put my nose right up to the TV. And I remember when I would do that, I wouldn't see the picture, but I would see all these colored dots. I was so close. I couldn't see what the actual picture was. I could just see the, the colored dots. But it wasn't until you stepped back and then you could see the picture. And that's exactly what we do with remembrance. When we're in the storm, we're so close, we can't see what God, God is really doing. But then we step back and we remember. We remember how good and faithful God is. And you know what? There is no better way for us to do that than with communion. Communion is this amazing sacred ritual that we do as a community where we remember the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. As a matter of fact, uh, in Luke 22, 19 and 20, he says, and he took the bread and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them saying, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And likewise, the cup after they had eaten, saying, the cup that is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. We are going to take communion this morning so we can remember our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and the wonderful things in which he has done. That, listen, things that he has already done that we do not deserve, but we didn't have to do anything for it. So if you walked in and you didn't grab uh, the elements, just raise your hand and we can, we have some people that are in the back, they're gonna just give you the elements. So we see, just keep those hands up until you get the elements. We have gentlemen coming around, but I wanna, I wanna read something to you because some of you are probably like, you know, I don't know. I don't know if I want to take communion because I have been told that if, you're, if your heart's not right, you shouldn't take it. Well, I want to read something to you. This is so great. This is from 1 Corinthians chapter 11, which I love how God does these amazing little things. The last sermon that we preached out of, Jeremy, you preached out of chapter 10. And now we're going to talk about 1 Corinthians chapter 11. It says, whoever therefore eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner, will be guilty concerning the body and the blood of the Lord. But it goes on. It says, let a person examine themselves. Then, and so eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For anyone who eats and drinks without discerning the body eats and drinks judgment on themselves. What is that saying? What is the Apostle Paul saying? The Apostle Paul is saying to us, you are not perfect. I am not perfect. There was only one on this earth who was perfect, and that was Jesus Christ. And he says for us to remember him, to examine our lives, to examine where you are right at this very moment. And don't just say, yep, I've examined myself and I am wretched. No. He says, examine yourself and discern. Have some discernment and guess what? Get right with Jesus Christ right now so you can partake in communion together because it is a sacred covenant so what we're going to do is we're going to give you some time to pray we're going to give you some time if, if, if that means repenting repent if that means renewing 
renew. If that means resting in your identity, do that right now. Take time individually. Examine your heart and do business with Jesus Christ. And then we are going to partake in communion together. Dear Heavenly Father, as we are gathered as a community of believers, a, a community who loves you, I pray that we remember the great things that you have done. I pray that you implant into our brains the great things that you are going to do. As I've heard Pastor Chad pray so many times, we thank you in advance for the great things that you are going to do. I thank you right now for the lives that have renewed, that, that have repented. And I pray, Lord, as we partake in communion, that we truly remember the sacrifice that you made for us on the cross. We thank you for the gospel message. And we realize that the gospel is all we need. We thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. As you prepare your elements right now, I'm just going to lead you through communion and this is from Luke chapter 22 verses 19 through 20 just as we we just went over and Jesus he took the bread and when he gave thanks he broke it and gave it to them saying this is my body which is given for you do in remembrance of me please take the bread And likewise, the cup after they had eaten, saying, this cup that is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. Take the cup. Please pray with me. Dear Heavenly Father, as we ring in this new year, 2024, I pray that you put it on our hearts to seek rest, to seek renewal, to seek repentance, and to remember that you are faithful no matter what is happening in our life. Lord, I thank you for a congregation who is faithful, a congregation who loves you. And Lord, I pray just as Pastor Richard has prayed so many times that we truly are the church who loves, serves, and encourages. That we are a church that does not seek for ourselves, but seeks for others. 
Lord, we thank you. We love you. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. If you'd like to learn more about New Beginnings Fellowship, connect with us or give, visit nbfhollister.org.